You're welcome to the Scripture and Suya podcast, a podcast aimed at encouraging young minds to discuss God's Word amidst the noise in the world today. Here we dig deep into the things of eternal value, as we believe that every aspect of our lives has to be viewed through the lenses of God's Word. In the words of Sinclair Ferguson, the conviction that Christian doctrine matters for Christian living is one of the most important growth points of the Christian life. Still on the first part of the podcast name, Scripture, our hosts Adiola and Kwerde take a rather descending route in this episode on doctrine. You do not want to miss any of this. This is the Scripture and Suya podcast, served to you by Kuridi and... Um, and Adela. Yes. How you doing, guys? Adela, brother. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm well, yes, yes, good to see you. Yeah. And you have a fun fact mm. that, you know, of course, you know, this is not, this is still audio podcast, right? For people who don't know, you know, Adela, you know, usually loves to go on Molo. <laughs> are you aware? Just... Is it by choice? FYI. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't you like this Fun fact. Fun fact. Are you aware that uh, for people like you who, you know, Bab Mulu, mm-hmm. uh, I have a picture in my mind okay. of a lady okay. wearing Ankara, uh-huh. holding a mic with the glasses. Okay. You know the story. You, keep, you know the end of the story. Okay. I will have to keep describing, let the picture get clear. But, but yeah, you know what that okay. means. Uh-huh. I'm listening. Are you aware that she said that uh-huh. people that Bab Mulu, uh-huh. You know, <laughs> you know, finish the sentence. She also said that, uh-huh. <laughs> that you know, if you have you watched Clash of Titans, <laughs> you know where I'm going to. But really, um, it's something that I'm sure a lot of people have listened to and have found really hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a football star, yeah, you're going to hell, right? If you, you know. Expose your skin, uh-huh. you're going to hell, uh-huh. um, and a lot, and a host of many things. Mm. And um, I feel like at the end of the day, all of us will just um, one way, one way, one way uh-uh. ticket. Streets, streets. But you know what's at stake today, right? Mm. It's really talking about doctrine mm. and how um, doctrine has come to be. Mm. in the life of the church mm. and how even some people come up with doctrine no, people movement churches come up with doctrine you know and doctrine has been one of those things that's been really dis- divisive right in the church right you know, and that's really what's at stake today right mm-hmm. yeah um let's chop it up i think it's important to to start with the definition of what doctrine is um and this is a really important subject guys so please don't check your brains out the door i know um it might sound like it's quite meaty, but it's meant to be. Yeah. Um, although we don't we don't plan to be too extensive in what we're saying. But you know, when you have situations like this where people are, are out there, people are out there um, touting the idea that <laughs> if you are bold for my diasporans, that's that's I, what my brother was saying. I hope that was a lot. That's from that rank. I wish so too. Unfortunately, it was more alarm than a lot. <laughs> Good. But, uh, 
Yeah, the idea that uh, if you're bold, you know, you're going to hell, if you're a football star, you're going to hell, it could sound hilarious and it could sound very extreme. But nonetheless, what it proves is that within uh, the context of Christianity, there are churches, persons, individuals, groups of people who mm. feel the, the liberty and feel the freedom to uh, speak authoritatively about certain subjects. Yeah. Um, and we laugh at it or not, but these people have followers, right? They have people who are sponsoring and listening and believing them, right? Um, And that's where this issue of doctrine comes from. Because essentially what that kind of thing is, is a doctrine. You're telling people that if you live a certain way, the end of it is this, and you're saying it authoritatively. And that's what doctrine is. Doctrine is simply, in the original, an instruction, an authoritative instruction, which applies to life. Something that comes from a higher authority that uh, is consequential if observed one way or, or, the or the other. That's what we're talking about when it comes to, to doctrine. Yeah, and it literally just means that which is thought, right? Yeah. You know, in Christian, you teach, Thought. Yeah, thought. Like, you know, when you teach something. Yeah. Um, it, it, when we refer to it in the Christian faith, we mean whatever teaching that talks about scripture, God, man, Christ, salvation the church, the end of all things. So it's not something outside of the Bible, mm. right? Because when you hear people talk about doctrine, right, they say, no, 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 that's the doctrine of your own church. Mm. No, no, no. It's from the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're not taking it outside of the Bible. We're not forming some tradition or rules. It's what we find consistently in Scripture, and we decide to say, okay, this is what the Bible has said concerning this issue. Absolutely. Like, for example, on salvation, mm. this is the doctrine of salvation. Absolutely. So it's not something outside of the Absolutely. I mean, the word doctrine is used multiple times in the Bible itself. You know, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God mm-hmm. and is profitable for doctrine, right? Yes. In 1 Timothy four sixteen, Paul says to Timothy, watch your life and, and doctrine. doctrine. Exactly. So when we talk about doctrine from a biblical perspective, you can talk about doctrine even in a secular perspective. There are doctrines of certain institutions, instructions, mm-hmm. teachings, right? We are talking about the teachings of scripture, Um and when it comes to the Christian community, the only doctrine that stands is the doctrine that is found in the Word of, of God. God. Uh, it is the final authority that we appeal to for doctrine. What does God say about this? And so, therefore, if someone tells me, for example, and I'm taking it personal. I'm not really. I'm just <laughs> using it as an example. Exactly. That if you're bald, if your skin, mm-hmm. uh, then you're, if you're bald, sorry, in your skin, you're, you're, you're going to hell. Again, the question has to be on what authority, where is that doctrine in scripture. in scripture? It's not about your own church doctrine, my own church doctrine. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. It's the biblical doctrine. You can have church practices, mm-hmm. right? Uh, under the auspice of liberty, we start service at nine. That's our own church practice. We start at 11. You know, we have this amount of pastors. Those are practices. But doctrine has to do with what God has said mm-hmm. and what must be observed in the Christian life as an individual, but also in the Christian church as a community. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's important that we um, hold on to these things because it's really what separates, you know, a baby Christian from a matured one because it matters a lot. You know, say, for example... It's one of the things. It's one of the things, right? Um, say, for example, um, what the Bible has to say about worship, for example. Right, right. You know? Um, we know that, in fact, some people choose churches based on style of worship. Right. You know, this church, I love the way they do their own. So, 
it's just when you get there, the speed uh-huh. is moving, you just move, raise your hands up and all that. Uh-huh. And there are certain circles where it's more, um, um, breathe on me, pray. <laughs> it's more, what's the word now? It's more stoic. Yes, more mm. stoic, mm. you know. Mm. Um, you need to um, have a clear cut understanding, you know, what the Bible says about worship, for example. Yes. You know, what is allowed? Mm. What is um, What are we at liberty to do as a church? Mm. Um, can we decide on our own that, okay, we don't want to use instrument, for mm. example. Mm. What does the Bible say about that? You know, So it's important that though you would, just like you said, in practice, things might be different, but in principle, what does the Bible exactly say? But unfortunately, you have a lot of people who say, no, that's your church doctrine, that's my, and it's really so divisive. Let's, you know, I think I want to talk about certain doctrines and certain um, erroneous ones, and then, of course, the ones that um, we believe and adhere to us, this is what the Bible says. Mm. I don't know which one to start with, whether it's the erroneous ones or the, um, let's start with the erroneous ones. <laughs> Before we do that, I mean, I think it's important to to try and communicate why the word doctrine has become such a dirty word mm-hmm. in, in in you know in so many people's minds, um, and I think one of the reasons, uh, out of maybe a few, is that uh, many believers, and it's it's born from a right motive, but uh, one that has gone to extremes, yeah. is that uh, we live in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And so um, we who possess the Holy Spirit are led by the Spirit in such a way that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life, right? Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I don't necessarily need the Bible as my final authoritative guide for doctrine and what God expects of me or what God expects of the church. The Spirit leads. Especially when you're not talking about, you know, revelations and God talking to you. Yes. But But the truth of the matter is that the Spirit of God never contradicts himself. He is the author of Scripture. Mm. And so, therefore, it is incumbent on, on all of us as believers and as the churches to always come back, no matter what you think you felt, heard, saw, dreamed, it's always necessary to go back and say, is this consistent with the Word of God? Mm-hmm. If God's Word says A and my experience says B, the doctrine of Scripture is correct, right? Uh and maybe we could talk maybe a little in a little bit of some of those practices that we see um, in church today that clearly demonstrate that there is a greater need for us to take seriously what the Bible says because this is God's word. He is the king, right? This is not just a matter of debate or, or anything of that. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of how do we honor our God? How do we honor our king? How do we honor our Lord Jesus Christ? Is his word what we say? It is. is it truly infallible? Is it truly perfect, as the psalmist says? Yeah. Or is it just an opinion? that we can chuck out of the bin whenever we don't feel it aligns. when it's appropriate to us or when, yeah. we, when we feel like. Uh, you know, one of the things I heard this morning, I heard something this morning, that you know, I'm, it's a, it's, he's a popular pastor, obviously I won't mention his name, and he was trying to talk about when a believer receives the Holy Spirit. That's another topic on its own, right? Um, but I'm just trying to follow what he said. Yeah. Um, um, he, in a way where he was trying to, differentiate um you know he was saying that when jesus started his ministry yeah um well before jesus started his ministry officially mm-hmm. right before he got baptized mm-hmm. during those early years mm-hmm. right he was gentle he was respectful you know was you know he was a good boy you know 
obviously he was saying that obviously Jesus would have gone to the synagogue and rescued people. But then once the Holy Spirit came on him after he was baptized, right? Um, <laughs> oh, that was the part where he said something and then I cringed. He said, <clears throat> next the Bible said that um, Jesus charged and ran mm -hmm. into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to say that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, your body can contain it. You know, you, you are not meant to, you know, be, you know, stay put. You're not mm. meant to just sit down and, you know, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's an experience. Mm. You know, and I mean, of course, you know how they, they put it, you know, it makes it so... <laughs> I don't know who they is, but please. <laughs> it makes it so epic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you hear that and you feel like you're asking yourself, do I have the Holy Spirit? Mm. Have I had that ex form of experience? Mm. Um, have I received the Holy Spirit? Why is it that... You know, I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, charge, mm -hmm. just like as he was said. Mm -hmm. And then he was trying to paint it in such a way that as compared to Orthodox churches, mm -hmm. you know, where it's, um, this is the way he said it, literally. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and all that, you know, that it's different. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, something else, you know, comes on you and you know, you're changed. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear that and you feel like, okay, maybe there's something wrong with my Christian experience, mm -hmm. you know, and... Those are some of the erroneous things that you hear in terms of doctrine. And then you begin to, it's like you see one particular story in scripture and then you form an entire doctrine out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, say for example, one of the things that you see is uh, maybe um, Jesus' baptism, for example, okay? and then you, you, you see some people will decide that to form a, an entire doctrine out of the fact that before you can get baptized, you have to go to a certain river. You see, that's how yeah. some of these erroneous things come up. Yeah, so I think it's important then to ask ourselves, how do we discern what is biblical doctrine and, as opposed to what is uh, something that's just a note of historical information? Mm -hmm. Was John really, or were the writers of the gospel really saying that you know, you need to go to a particular type of river and when you are baptized, the heavens will open up? Or was he just explaining what happened at that time in Jesus' experience? Mm -hmm. One of the ways that we can discern uh, from the scriptures uh, what doctrine is, is by the repetition of its uh, repetition of its teaching across the entire Bible, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, one of the main doctrines of the church is the doctrine of the Trinity, that God is one and three. He is an eternally uh, uh, triune God who exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Where does where do we get that doctrine from? Is it just one passage? Or is it that uh, this thing, the Holy Spirit has scattered it throughout the entire Bible from book to book to book to book? And that's how we come up with the doctrine because the doctrine of the Trinity begins all the way in Genesis chapter 1. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Let us create man in mm -hmm. our own image. And what you find is as the book continues to unfold, as the next book begins to unfold, this is repeated over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So we can see a clear presentation of this teaching in the Bible that grants, grants us the right to say this is a doctrine of Scripture. Yeah. It's the same with the person of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. as God, fully God fully and fully man. Yeah. You know, there is enough all the way from the beginning of his life through the apostolic writings and the letters that demonstrate this quite clearly. Mm -hmm. It's the same about the issue of apostles, pastors, uh, prayer. These things are doctrines because of the repetition that God has given to it in the formulation of the scriptures itself. It's yeah. a very dangerous thing to read a particular narrative of scripture 
and just pick something that stands out to you and say, it should be like this all the time, exactly. which is what a lot of people do. And a lot of cults have even been founded based on that. They look at something in the scripture and they see an experience. Uh, for example, you might uh, you might see something like um, Naaman, you know, Naaman in the Old Testament going into the the is it the Dead Sea? He went into and his leprosy was cleansed. And all of a sudden, you begin to form a doctrine and say, if you have any physical ailments. Go out, go to Israel on pilgrimage, find the Dead Sea, and the same thing that happened to Naaman. Well, that's not what the mm -hmm. scripture was saying. It was giving an historical narrative of the power of God at that time through his prophet Elijah. Um, uh, yeah, I've had the experience. Uh, you've had the experience. Uh, no wonder so, you look a little lighter than the last time we. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I went to Dead Sea to bleach. No, 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 no. I was told that I should go and look for a wool. A wool? Okay. Yes, I should go and look for a bitter leaf. Uh -huh. and I should go and wash my head. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 it's one of those moments where in my mind, I'm like, huh, hmm. so I should, uh, you know, go and wash my head. Yeah. Like I see something is wrong with me. Yeah. Well, obviously, at a certain point, I was something about, oh, certain things, he, he, he's seen a pattern in my life, for example, yes. and he wants me to go and wash my head. Yes. And so you see those kind of things and they might... So the funny thing is that when people, especially when it comes to erroneous doctrine, they will always attribute it to a part of scripture. Yes. They'll always say, oh, it's fine in the Bible. In the Bible. It's, it's not something that we're taking outside exactly. of the Bible. Exactly. But just like you said, it has to be consistent. It has to be consistent and it has to make sense with the rest of the instructions that are given in the Bible. So, for mm -hmm. example, um, the Old Testament gives a lot of instructions concerning how the people of Israel were to live. Uh, they want to mix certain materials, physical materials together. They want to uh, eat pork. They want to, you know, uh, mark their bodies, etc. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament dispensation, I don't know how many Christians, when they go shopping, although I'm sure maybe some do, go shopping and say, oh, I have to make sure I buy wool. I can't buy cotton because I can't wear jeans and then, because the materials won't mix, right? But you have Christian churches who look at the Old Testament and the instructions there and apply it to their church life today, mm -hmm. right? But that's a problem because when you come to the New Testament, the New Testament clearly teaches that the laws that govern the land of Israel in terms of not the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. but in terms of the ceremonial laws yes. have been abolished. They have been fulfilled in Christ and passed over. Mm -hmm. That's why Christians don't go to a temple. That's why Christians uh, don't perform physical animal sacrifices exactly. because what Jesus our Lord did according to the teaching of the apostles, right, is to put away those things. So therefore, when I'm reading the Old Testament, mm -hmm. again, in order to understand doctrine, I have to read it in light of the New Testament, but I also have to read the New Testament in view of the, of old. the old Testament. Because so it's one story. It's one story. Mm -hmm. So I don't just pause at Leviticus and say, okay, God said that, uh, God said that if I should bring a, a devoted offering of cows, I can't take, no. I have to go back and say, what does the scripture say concerning animal sacrifices in its totality? And I get to the end point, which says that Christ is now the ultimate sacrifice. Exactly. Therefore, I don't need to do this. It's mm -hmm. the same with tithes and offerings. It's an Old Testament teaching. What, is, what does the scripture say about tithes? What is the principle behind tithes? Mm -hmm. How do the apostles apply it in the New Testament for me to make my own conclusion? Yeah. Right. So with the issue of worship, again, there's a lot of freedom that the Lord gives us in terms of style and so on and so forth. But the essence of the question concerning the doctrine of worship is, 
when I'm singing these songs, what are they saying concerning the person of God? Are they consistent with what the Bible says concerning who he is, Mm -hmm. concerning his son and what his son has come to achieve? Are we covering everything that the scripture says ought to be covered when we come to church to worship? Is the word being faithfully preached? Is Is there prayer and lifting up of hands? Is there the Lord's Supper? These are the things because the scriptures talks about them concerning how uh, they are to be expressed when the people of God gather together. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's 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 um, quite important. I want to you know just touch on um, certain because I know that we we might not have time to you know really exposit a lot of these you know doctrines. Yeah. But say for example, um, one of the doctrines that I've come to understand at some point, maybe two years or three years back, I had a different understanding. Right. right. Um, I know we're, we're careful as to not mention certain individuals and whatnot, but in terms of, you know, there's a, there's a sense, you know, there's a movement in a way that when it comes to that term, apostle, bishop, pastor, you know, you have varying, uh, you know, um, so let, let me, Drive to what I what I'm actually trying to point out. Mm. I used to think that do, those were set different names, right? Bishop, right. like those were different offices, right? You know, it looks like some sort of hierarchy. There's bishop, there's reverend, there's pastor, right. you know, and all that. Right. But I did not know that exactly what the scripture said that it's actually the same office. Bishop, right. pastor, elder, yes. shepherd is actually one office. Absolutely. And you see a lot of people hold. A lot of erroneous doctrine out of the fact that oh there's some sort of hierarchy or oh, our bishop is the highest the highest authority and then the pastor is lower no and um, lower in authority no is actually one office and that's what the Bible says mm-hmm. I mean, if you check First Timothy Titus mm-hmm. it's the same thing that Paul said yeah. pastor bishop overseer is yeah. one office absolutely one absolutely yeah. yeah I think I think what we can do is you know look at how this issue of 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 doctrine and its importance applies to the Nigerian context. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love Nigeria. You know, I, we're, we're, we're a country that's great in many in many levels. And we're definitely one of the most religious countries probably in Africa, if not the world. Mm-hmm. Churches on every corner. Bruh. You know, I can step out of where we're doing this recording now and it won't take me five minutes to find an assembly to worship. Exactly. Literally, it won't take Literally. me five minutes, right? So, you know, we have to ask ourselves these questions because there are Christians everywhere. Everywhere scatter in Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. The Christians in your offices, in your Christians in your homes. Mm-hmm. How is this issue of the authority of Scripture and the doctrine of Scripture relevant? I think it's very relevant because if you go to most churches today, bro, they will tell you straight off. Of course, we believe the Bible is the word of God. I will believe that it's sufficient and final you know? authority, and it's the final authority. It's not what I say. It's not what you say. It's what God says. And amen to that. Absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. <laughs> but then you begin to see some of the practices that are. That are that are that are experienced in those communities. And it's a stark right? opposition. And, and it's a, it's a stark opposition, right? And you begin to think, who really is the final authority? Let mm-hmm. me give you an example. So you have, for example, um, the issue of, of of how tongues is being practiced in church, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not asking the question about your tongues or the style of it, but we all know that First Corinthians chapter 13 and 14 is quite clear as to the template of how tongues, for example, is to be practiced in church. But you go to churches today, and that is not taken into consideration mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. Meaning that actually, when you look at First Corinthians thirteen or fourteen, a lot of these men, a lot of these people are looking at it as an option. 
Yes. Right? But yes. it seems to be quite clear and authoritative mm-hmm. from the Apostle Paul, who is the penman that the Spirit is using to write Scripture, mm-hmm. that this is how it ought to be practiced. Yeah, I mean, for, for and for context, really, um, Paul was saying if somebody, you know, is inspired by the Spirit to speak in tongues, there should be an interpreter. Yes, exactly. One. And if you feel like... And when was the last time you saw an interpreter? You know? You <laughs> don't think... Yeah. Or, or, or what was the last time people spoke in tongues in, a, in, spoke in, tongues in an orderly way to communicate? Yeah, that's my point. That's why we're moving going to... Paul was even saying, if he's doing all of you at the same time, no, hold on. Mm-hmm. Do, form a cue. Yeah. And then let whoever is speaking at one at a time. Yeah. So that whoever, who is an unbeliever... You know, is fortunate by God's mercy and providence comes into your circle will mm-hmm. not say that yeah. these people are crazy. Yeah, exactly. And again, guys, th- this is not to bash anybody. We're all learning and growing together. Or the 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 the, the, the emphasis is on: Are we taking God's word entirely as seriously as we can, or are we? Is there a part of us that's still fighting for self autonomy, mm-hmm. fighting to do Christianity our way? way. But yeah. when we came to Jesus, we surrendered everything. And we said your way and your way alone, right? Mm-hmm. And that applies to the individual Christian, but also the context of, of the church uh, in, in general. In general. Um, I, I, you, you look at, for example, another one, you know, the Bible talks about the appointment of pastors in the church, uh, elders who have equal authority, um, and who, um, in the case of, for example, sin, being present in the life of the pastor, they should be rebuked, you know? Yeah. But we, you have churches today who it's like a CEO enterprise, yeah. right? You know, the man owns the church. It's an, someone was telling me, it's a pastor, actually, of a church who uh, was raised in a, it was raised in the church. His father was a pastor. He planted a church. And the father wanted him and his brother to take over after his passing, right? And the father actually said, this is a friend of mine who's a pastor. The father actually said to him, listen, there are going to be people who, when I die, they're going, yeah, they're going to maybe want to uh, see how they can pass this on to somebody else. But this is your inheritance. This yeah. is your legacy. Right. Um, is that true? Is that what the Bible says? Does the church belong to one person? So if I, am I a CEO of a church? If I plant the church today, it's my church and I get to do what I want. This is the doctrine that a lot of churches, who would claim that the Bible is the final authority yeah. practice? And so it's so important that we sit down again. And when we're in these churches, we're in our fellowships, when we're in our prayer groups, whatever it is, which is good to be in, our ears are open. Not because we want to be argumentative, but because we want to honor God to say, where is that in the scripture? You don't have to ask anybody. Ask yourself. Ask yourself for the sake of your own heart, for the sake of your own security. Yeah. Where is that doctrine found in the scripture? Yeah, and I think you know, aside from even asking yourself, I mean, it doesn't have to be that you raise up your hand in the middle of the service. Mm. But after service, find time. I know in certain churches, like the dynamics of how you meet your pastor um, is different. You know, you have, for some people, you have to, uh, meet with the protocol officer, book an appointment and all that. But really, there should be avenues where you ask questions. You know, where is that found in scripture? Not just one place, right? Yes. Because it's easy to just point to one place, you know. But where is that, you know, several accounts or several occurrences in scripture? Just like we said, it has to reflect in several places in scripture. Where is this in the Bible? Mm. I need to know. Not mm. because I'm questioning you, mm. preacher, dear pastor of mine, mm. but... I need to see for myself. You know, Absolutely. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, Paul talk, the, the, the Luke 
who's the author of that book, talks about Bereans, the Bereans who are more noble than any other people because even after they listened to the Apostle Paul, the, the, the man himself, yes. you know, the man who wrote 13 letters in the New Testament, the, the chief amongst the apostles in one sense, mm-hmm. they went back to check if what he said was consistent with Scripture. Yeah. They wanted to check that his doctrine was God's doctrine, mm-hmm. not just something that he had uh, come to present to them. Mm-hmm. So, so this is what we need to... Um, this is what we need to to be doing as Christians. We need to be about the business of asking, what is the doctrine of Scripture? What is the doctrines found in Scripture? What are the doctrines found in Scripture? Mm-hmm. Um, and is what you're saying consistent? What I'm hearing, what I'm reading, what I'm believing, yeah. consistent with, with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a particular um, resource book that I can remember now. I'm guessing definitely in the next episode, yes. I, I should be able to come up with a few resources. But, you know, we there's something... I, I know it's, I don't want to make it feel like it's a big theological word, but there's something called systematic theology. Really, it's what does the Bible say from A to Z about a particular topic? And that helps, really helps you a lot. And okay, for, for example, about Titan or, um, I don't know, marriage or whatever it is, from Genesis to Revelation, what is the Bible saying about that? Because if you don't have a, a very holistic um, perspective and holistic view of what the Bible says about any issue, that's when people are easily swayed by various, you know, form of doctrine, just like Paul said. So, uh, you know, our meeting points. Yes, it's important that we always mention that our meeting point for today really is look at the scripture for yourself. Yeah. What does the Bible say? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are your concluding thoughts? That's all it is, uh, brothers and sisters. God is waiting for us to open our Bibles. Mm-hmm. You know, the simple song, read your Bible, pray every day. It doesn't get bigger than that. Mm-hmm. You start with that, you end with that. Mm-hmm. God's word is sufficient. Mm-hmm. We all have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Read it. Mm-hmm. Study it. Mm-hmm. Study what others have said about it. Uh, don't be afraid to fellowship with believers and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask questions until it's clear in your mind. You know, um, we don't ever want to be those Christians who read things in the Bible, are not clear on it and just carry on. You know, the the Ethiopian eunuch, when he was reading, uh, you know, as, as he was heading, yes, heading back to his place uh, on the chariot, was reading and he didn't understand what he was reading. And that's why God sent uh, Philip and Philip asked him, do you understand? And he said, how can I? I can't, you know. So it was his heart cried to understand these things. And if as believers, we truly desire to know God's word. God will send his helpers. He will send people. He will send people that can challenge you and you can challenge as well. I know that's what he, he did for me. I didn't, I didn't understand anything to do with the Bible. But God sent people who began to stir my mind. He began to give me a personal interest in the Bible itself. And of course, we know that uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and it changes lives and it continues to change my life today. Mm-hmm. But we have to rightly divide the word of God to get to the meat of it yeah. and the doctrine of it so that um, by God's grace, um, our lives will be full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The, the meat of it, sweet, right? Sweet Absolutely. Meat, sweet, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, um, as you mentioned that, you know, read your Bible prayer, I've not been able to get over that song. So that would be my concluding thoughts. Read <laughs> your Bible, pray every day. God, the way you want to do your concert. Let us know. If eh? you want so that the people know it's producer, pray. don't cut me out. But please no, don't, so do not cut don't, what don't, I'm singing. Don't stress me with this song. Read your Bible. 
There you have it, folks. We say thank you for listening to the Scripture and Suya podcast. We hope you enjoyed every bit of it. But that's not all. For updates on episode releases and so much more, be sure to check us on our Instagram and our Twitter pages. Our handle is at scripture underscore suya. Again, it's at scripture underscore suya. And finally, we'd like to thank our team at Loud Sound for the music and episode production. So from us here, the team at Scripture and Suya podcast, we say goodbye and God bless. Grace and peace.